and welcome back to the Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. This is episode 70, otherwise known as 7-0. Um, good scoreline that. Um, so, as always, it's me, Charlie. I'm hosting tonight and I'm joined, uh, first of all, by Jack. Jack, how you doing, mate? I'm good, I'm good. Um, it was great to see one Hibs team beat Aberdeen, Aberdeen this weekend and uh, I'm famous now. Made it onto the Hibs on Instagram, that photo of me and Ailey Adams. And uh, Calvin's here as well. Calvin, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, decent, mate. Decent. I'm. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting the season over. Really. Like, I'm actually pretty fed up of Hibs. Um, much as I love them, and that a uh, break would be brilliant. But uh, no, I'm looking forward actually to the new season and that, and like just looking forward to getting a new manager and that, and seeing what happens. I think it'll be really good once we get that, and I'll start to feel connected to the club again because I think I've been feeling a wee bit detached just with like constant like social media, like shite basically that goes on all the time with like our fan base now like just cannot be arsed with it eh? and like just like the club in general a bit bored so it's been nice to be nice to take a few weeks and then just take a wee step back and then get, get refueled in that for Aye. next season so totally agree mate um well we'll just jump into it um Hibs men were at home to Aberdeen on Saturday um Jack, me and you were there, Calvin, you were otherwise engaged, so couldn't make it, so um, I'll run plastic. through... Plastic. Plastic, <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I'll run through I'll run through the start of 11, and then we can go for there. So it was uh, Matt Macy, Paul McGinn, Porteous and Hanlon at the back. We had Harry Clark and Josh Doig as wingbacks, and we had um, Jake Delhaize, Joe Newell, Ewan Henderson and Josh Campbell alongside them in midfield with Milkerson up top. Um, Jack, obviously had a wee bit of a different team from... Last week away at Livingston, what was your thoughts on um, I'm going with one up top? I wasn't happy with that at all. You know, Mel- Melkerson, we know, he gets he gets bullied about at the best of times um, when he's in a two. So, you know, going in with one up top wasn't a great idea for me. If you are going to go with one up top, I think you'd rather have James Scott leading that line, to be honest, because I think James Scott's really sort of come into his game the past couple of games. So if you're going to go with one up top, I would have put James Scott in instead, um, or I would have just went with the two. So I was a bit shocked at that. Um, I would have rather have seen two up top or just James Scott because Melkerson struggles with the physicality a bit right now. Mm. Um, and yeah, that was it for me. Apart from that, I was shocked to see Campbell um, start. But at the same time, I just thought, well, if Campbell's utilised correctly in this game, he's going to deal with the physicality that Aberdeen bring him midfield a bit better. You know, he's that sort of more defensively minded midfielder. And I think Campbell actually suits games like that more. We've seen it, you know, he came into it against Celtic, you know, nil-nil draw at Easter Road. That was one of Campbell's best games and against Rangers as well um, in the semi-finals. So I, I knew if Campbell's used correctly and then I was disappointed not to see Deferrier and Hauga be given a shot, you know. I, I sort of banged that drum on a wee midweek episode in the preview of the Aberdeen game. I'd like to see those two, Hauga in particular, get, be given a shot because... Why no? It's near the end of the season. Two young players, I think, that have got big potentials. Just put them in there and give them a chance. I definitely. And Calvin, what was your sort of thoughts on the team? But also, what was your thoughts seeing uh, Jacob Blaney and Murray Aiken, you know, under-18 squad, make the bench? Um, first thought, the team was just lack of consistency again. It's been our Achilles heel for me this year. I just, I don't like it. Um, I don't understand it. I mean, obviously, James got... I mean, if his team's good enough to play in a semi-final against Hearts, or arguably one of our biggest games of the season, and then the next again week, 
you know, he pl- he plays again, then he's dropped again. Like for me, I just don't get it. Like I understand that he's he's maybe not playing his best, but I don't think any of them are playing particularly well right now to really, you know, stake their claim um in the starting eleven. I think going one up top against Aberdeen just sort of says everything uh, that's kind of wrong with the club right now. I don't think Aberdeen are in a particularly good position as well, but I think it says a lot about our squad, like just poor recruitment in that A. Like did he really have many options? Campbell coming back into the squad, like I don't know what he adds. Um, uh, my cousin um, is, is friends with people who are friends with Joe Newell, and Joe Newell and that um, they were drinking the same pub muscle bro, apparently, and he was saying like how much he, Joe Newell was telling him how much he likes playing with Josh Campbell because he does all the running about and that, and it's like, is that what we've got our club just runners? Like for me. I would be quite happy if I didn't see Josh play again for Hibs. I just don't think he's good enough. Mm. Um, not not to be competing. N- no offense to him in that, like, but it's just n- that's not the, that's not the level of player I want to see at our club. The standard of player, especially if we're pushing for a European fight in that European team, um, right. or trying trying to push for Europe. I mean, I find that crazy. I find the James Scott and out and out. I understand he's not been great. Um, I agree with Jack on the Hauga one. I mean, why why have we signed this boy? Has does he play? Does he play for the development team Hauga? Or has he just came here and like got splintered his arse at the bench for the last four or five months? Like, what 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 is the Hauga project? Like, how is that working? Uh, I'd like someone to explain that to me. That would be great. Laddie can't even get a game, a meaningless game at home against Aberdeen to get himself some minutes. Then why have we brought him in? Mm. I said it. I said it similar. Like I think um, Hibs have done this. I don't know if they've done it a couple of times in the past, where they've brought like two boys over for the same nation. Like when they brought Slivka, they brought big um, Matt Levikus as well, big Dave. Oh, big Dave. And right. I wonder if it's just to help. I wonder if it's just to help settle them in, or if there's actually a player they didn't have go. Um, I always felt like Meru and Zamama and Benji played together when they both were on the pitch at the same time as well. So I thought he could have got a shot this week. Um. And it's not like, you know, we're absolutely, there's some stellar players in that position that wouldn't couldn't miss a game or even a half. Do you know what I mean? Give the laddie a half. Because um, I do think there's a player there. You know, he's very direct. He's very hungry, very aggressive. I like that. I like that. And it's yeah. something that Ron Gordon said he wanted to see more of. He wanted Tibbs to be a more of an aggressive team yeah. uh, when he was on our podcast. So that's something I would have liked. Um, in terms of seeing the young laddies on the bench, it's fair, fair enough, it is what it is, eh? but they don't get minutes, so it doesn't really mean anything, to be honest with you. It's nice to get them involved in the match day, <laughs> the match day sort of atmosphere and that, but I imagine they've probably had a better experience playing at their, their own level this year. Aye, I agree. Um, well, we'll move into the first half. Uh, I've got a few points that we'll sort of, I'll sort of make them and then I'll get your thoughts on them. So, obviously, I thought... Um, so, I just came out the traps pretty quick. I thought we looked, uh, looked to play football and then... Um, Couple of minutes into the game, we get that indirect free kick when Aberdeen make a pass back. But um, aye, <laughs> like it comes to nothing as always. Um, Jack, did you think we would have scored that pass back free kick? I mean, I, I don't think he should have went straight for goal there. You know, because I, I said, and I said it sort of like jokingly, that's going to end up in the south upper in a minute, and it very nearly did. I mean, what you do with a um, indirect free kick like that is you pass it mm. to another player and just sort of create a bit of panic for the Aberdeen defence in the box and just try and get a shot like that. So you obviously, like, what what the sort of top teams do or you, what you would do on the training ground is you'd have the wall and then you'd just sort of kick it to the player the side of you and then 
they'd try and get their shot away. So you'd, you'd, I, I think I think it was a bit, you know, I, I think Porto was standing there thinking, well, I've scored against Aberdeen before, I may as well try my luck again. But um, I, I think, yeah, to me, that was a bit of a waste because we could have created a bit more danger for that, but instead we just blasted it, you know. And I, I think that's, to me, that just sums up the fact that this season we've been a team devoid of ideas. We don't really try anything clever and we don't really try anything. It's always just sort of, we'll do what comes into our head first. There's no sort of backup for me. So, like, I, I think that's something we need to work on. Set pieces, both defending them and sort of attacking them, we've not been very good. It's mm. as simple as that this season for that. You know, set pieces have been our biggest downfall in both senses. Right? Set pieces against and set pieces for. I think it's just been our biggest downfall this season because we, we could have created something from that, like I said. So it was frustrating for me that we went straight for a goal because you just don't know. If you try and be a bit more clever with that, you can create a bit of danger and we could have been 1-0 up at that point. You just don't know. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do think that was a frustrating one for me. Yeah, definitely. And Calvin, we had we had two more chances after that. Um, Hanlon puts one over the bar. Merkerson's unlucky. With, he gets a chance that uh, Joe Lewis puts past the post for a corner. So, obviously, when you're following the game on Saturday, not being there, are you surprised that we have these chances? Um, we always hope to create chances in football matches. So I'm not surprised the fact we're making chances. I'm surprised the fact we're missing them. No. Uh, the, just, the strangest thing about that Porteous one with me, because I watched the game, um, I couldn't understand why Porteous was taking it. For me, uh, a centre-back taking a, a, a free kick, I understand that like, he's obviously he's a centre-back. He's quite strong and powerful in that. He must have a powerful shot, but surely there's a more skillful player that in one of the corners or something mm-hmm. like that rather than just you because he was just going to absolutely leather it and to be honest with you from that point from being that close it's kind of the only thing you really can do I yeah. understand what Jack's saying in that like and I do agree with him maybe at a higher level that's something we could look at but I wonder how often those they, they practice those sort of routines in training yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's probably just a hit and hope, I reckon, especially it's, the way our season's going. It's probably, probably just hoping, hoping to get a shot on target. It's not, um, it's not really something you so get for that, me, that I, often as well, yeah. is it? Yeah, no, you don't. And it, it was strange for me because I, there must be some sort of rule. I don't know the, I don't know the rules on this. Um, but it wasn't taken from where it lay either. Like, And it was quite... Mm. If I was an Aberdeen fan, I'd be like, what? Because I've got moved into such a good position for us. Um, the America... Uh, the Melkerson chance I thought was, was was good. That's what I thought that was positive. The one yeah. when he, you know, he um, he took the ball and his feet turned, had a shot on goal. Right. And when we had the the hot dog on our podcast, um, that was something he said that, that stuck out to me when he was talking about Melkerson. Like he'll take the ball from 20, 25 yards out, was back to go, yeah. turn uh, and try and create a chance for himself. And I thought, you know what, that that's what I've been screaming out for all year. Just have a pop. Because, look, it's a good shot on target. It could easily go in on a different day. He's worked the keeper. Um, that's what you can really ask for. He's pushed around the post and he's got us a corner. Like, I'm I'm pretty happy with that, to be honest with you. Like, that's what I want to see, picking the ball up there and having the confidence to have a strike. Like, mm. I mean, you look at Big Sims in the semi-final. I mean, look what happens when you shoot. Do you know what I mean? Like, just being powerful and running through that and having a shot on goal. Like, for me, that... That's very positive. It was really positive, and I think, like I said, um, that was something that uh, Ranger Hot Dog said. Would he? That was one of the qualities he said Melkerson had, and he said you'll probably get frustrated when I'm doing it that at times. But <laughs> with him doing that at times, but I've not seen enough of that film this year. I think we've not seen enough of that from the whole squad, to be honest, mate. Um, yeah. But obviously, that that was sort of the there wasn't really much else happening. Aberdeen had a chance that Paul Hannan blocked pretty well. 
yes, I do give Paul Hanlon credit sometimes. Um, but we Fifth go five hundred game. Hi, I'm. Yep. Hi. Um, a dark day for the club. <laughs> as, some, as somebody wrote on Twitter, made me aye. chuckle. But um, yeah. so we go in now now at half time. I thought probably now now is a fair reflection on the the half. Um, second half rolls round and Aberdeen are definitely the better of the two teams when they come out the traps. Um, although Hibs had a Joe Neal had a chance where um David Bates pings the ball at his feet and he takes too long and. Declan Gallagher blocks a jack. We were saying at the time that there's only one team scoring, and um, that's exactly how it went. Aberdeen go one 0 up. Um, ball comes out to Johnny Hayes, uh, unmarked by four Hibs players. Let me add. Um, yeah. Ball goes in the box. Some uh, Declan Gallagher heads it back. Now also in that three players are marking Declan Gallagher. Nobody's picking up Bates, Hanlon and Doiger in no man's land when the ball goes to him, and he smashes it home for one 0 So Jack. What happened there? Like, how can how can Aberdeen get a chance and seven Hibs players are they picking up a man? Just, I, I, I said that I said it when we spoke about Livingston game. I, I, you know, headless chickens, and again, it was the exact same. Where's no organisation in that defence because they don't talk to each other. It's but you've got to communicate. You've got to talk. You've got to talk because that's what happened. Now, what I know is Aberdeen. Are actually relatively well drilled for me yesterday. You know, B- Bates was constantly communicating, and um, so was Lewis. They were shouting at each other anytime we got up the pitch. You know, you could see Lewis was going mental in his box. He was, we, we don't do that. We don't, none of them talk. And that's why you've got that situation where they're all getting sucked onto one player mm-hmm. and they're getting a chance like that. And what's even worse is that we let a hamburg reject score against us. <laughs> and a Rangers David, reject. I'll tell you. I watched a game when Hamburg played Hour when David Bates. Now, Hour have just been relegated this season. He got made to look silly by a 32-year-old Jan Hogshade in that game, who has now been relegated to the German third division, and we're letting that man score against us at Easter Road. No, that's that's just... <laughs> but, you know, I think the problem for me in that whole situation is, is and like I said, just to be serious for a minute here, which is different for me, um, is, you know... We get we and it's the exact same as Levy and it's the exact same as quite a few other goals we've conceded this season. Is too many players are getting sucked onto the one player, yeah, because mm. they're not communicating. You need to go like for example, Paul needs to be saying right, leave him. We've got Bates in that dangerous area. You need to be saying that you can't just you can't just assume that Josh or Ryan or Joe is are going is going to make that call themselves. You as the captain or Messi as the goalkeeper needs to be saying. That's what you've got to do. That that's the whole point. The goalkeeper and the captain, or the goalkeeper and whoever your main defender is, needs to be communicating that to the other players to get into position. And I think that's the problem. Our, our defence can be very um, unorganised at times, and we've seen mm-hmm. that again with Aberdeen's goal. And yeah. it was poor, and we made it look far too easy for them. Yeah, definitely, Callan. I'll come to you. Um, a big a big issue that I had with that goal <coughs> is that Johnny Hayes gets a free ball into the box and it was we've seen that at Tyne Castle when um, Haring had all the time in the world but my, the biggest the biggest culprit in that is Jake Doyle Hayes for me he's running backwards and letting mm. and inviting the, and <clears throat> it's not the first time we've seen Jake Doyle Hayes do that this season mate so what do you think that's something that perhaps should be ironed out over the summer in Jake Doyle Hayes' game or what what do you think about that that, he, that he's just given Johnny Hayes a free option to put the ball in the box you know, 
like you said, I'm glad you I'm glad you, you covered that point because for me, like the goal's avoidable and the goal's avoidable when it's out on the wing. Yeah. How he gets a free cross in there is 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 beggar's belief, really. But I think in Jake, to to sort of play devil, devil's advocate because everybody else, I'm not Jake Doherty's his biggest <laughs> fan at all. Like I do, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how he gets a game for Hibs. I don't think he's good enough personally. He's probably one of the ones I'd like to see move on, if I'm honest with you. Um, for me, it looks like to me, Jake Doyle Hayes, fit in his defence, he's moved over to try and close the space. He's, he's maybe not expecting him to cross it there and then. I think he's expecting him to go down the left wing and try and cross it over. So I think he's trying to show him down the wing instead of letting him come inside. But you've also got to look at the press there. You've got um, Henderson, uh, Melkerson, and George Campbell, the three of them are standing watching as well. So there's no communication, but the press is really poor. Like it's really poor press in there. Like nobody's going towards the ball. Uh, so I think the single Doyle he's out is maybe a wee bit unfair, but he could definitely be doing more there. Um, but that's four Hibs players getting sucked to the one ball, just as Jack highlighted. Ball comes in. I mean, Gallagher wins the header, it comes back in, it Bates takes one touch and then Hanlon's on his arse. He, I, I, I mean, it, it, that's weakness in Hanlon's sort of a, what would you call it, air game or like his, his, his time in the air is, is very poor. I mean, he jumps and he falls and he was bullied against Sims and he was bullied the week before for the goal we lost. I can't mind you, we lost that game, so we lost that many. He's bullied again and I just think like, Stand, I mean, stand up, man. And you can see the reaction after it. Porteous is going off his head as well. Like, it is. It's just, it's so poor. But I don't, in their defence, like, I don't really know what you'd expect from a team that's had so many changes. I mean, it's just a perfect recipe for a disaster, which is what we've got this season. Like, mm. two managers, different backroom staffs, still no manager, intern, two, an intern manager twice who, who doesn't really have the experience to be a, to be a manager or to maybe know as much about that because David Gray is quite, he's, he's in infancy sort of stage of his managerial career. So for him to try and stamp out all these mistakes that have been happening since the start of the year because balls in our box has been happening since Jack, Jack Ross was here. Mm. It's still something was still not managed to get, still not managed to get, you know, to, to clamp down on. So yeah, I'm not surprised. I think for me, it will be go back to a podcast, listen to a podcast about seven months ago, you hear the same thing. Don't close <laughs> balls down to the box quick enough. Exactly. Can't defend high balls in the box. Aye. Go back three three weeks ago, Hanlon gets bullied off anybody who comes in physical contact with him. Poor man. It's poor. It's a Aye. really poor team. On man the, for man, I think are extremely poor. On the positive side though, after that we react we react well to going behind, which is what David Gray said he was he wanted to see more of this week. Um, we had Harry Clark had a shot blocked. Hanlon headed over. Joe Neal probably should score when he gets the ball at his feet right in front of Joe Lewis, but I don't think he had enough time to react. But um, And then we get the goal, thankfully. Um, Jasper comes on and James Scott come on and for my money changed the game. Um, James Scott seems to be the boo boy, but I think he, I think since the semi-final he's been very, very good. Um, and Jasper's direct and wants to run at people. And why that and why he gets benched for that reason, I don't know. But anyway, Jasper puts a good ball into the box. James Scott nods it down, and Paul McGinn, for a yard out, he can't really miss, but a goal's a goal. So, Jack, do you think the goal was deserved? Do you think we were on top after Aberdeen scored? 
Yeah, I think we reacted well to, as you said, <clears> and as the, Sir David said as well, to go one nil down, which you know, been crying out for that for a long, long time, is because I think when we concede first, our, our heads go down, or when we concede any, any time in the game, our heads go down. Yeah. Um, but no, it was great reaction. I'd like to say, picking up on that, that um, James Scott, that was great striker play for him there. You know, to, to just know to nod it back across. And yeah, I mean, well, Paul McGinn, I've got to say fair play because I always say it about these chances right in front of the goal. It's easier to miss them than it is to score them. Yeah. You know, especially if you're a right back, you know, you, you're no used, you're used to it, are you? You're no used to um, being in that position. But no, just sticks up it goal and I've got to say yeah it was coming it was Aye. definitely coming for us with the um, objects we got but yeah I think James Scott doesn't deserve the some of the flack he's been getting recently because I think the last couple of games for me he's been he's been okay mm. you know and he if it hadn't been for him showing that bit of awareness Paul McGinn might have not got that chance so I think yeah it wasn't deserved and unfortunately there was some nastiness involving James Scott in the game when he went to take some pictures of some young fans um, there was a lot of booing and shouting, apparently, from the West End. I think it's not on at all. You know, I think James, you can't fault him for the fact that he's been engaging with the fans and he, he always has time for the fans. So I think that's just no, there's no need for it. And, um, you know, I, I think that just sort of sums up certain sections of the fan base, to be honest, that they're booing and shouting at a player just for taking pictures with um, some young fans. Um, but going back to it, yeah, great awareness with James Scott, great finish with Paul McGinn. And, Jasper, it all comes to that ball for Jasper. Jasper, for me, that impact sub, that's what it was. It was a high impact sub. Great decision by David Gray to bring him on. I think David Gray could see that the game was needing Jasper. Jasper comes on and, for me, he changes the game. Mm. We don't bring Jasper on, I don't think we would have got that chance. So, aye, yeah, I think aye, good true. stuff in that respect. Yeah, definitely. And Calvin, did you think after we'd scored we were going to ride out for the point or did you think we were going to win it after that? No, well, what, uh, every every time someone scores first against us this season, I, n- I never I never think we've got a goal enough to bring it back. Never. Hmm. Every time so, if someone scores, if we don't score first, I think we're beat hundred percent. Every time we've played this season, that that's just my thought. I don't think we're don't think we've got it in us to come to bounce back for that. So I was quite surprised actually when I checked my phone, um, and and I seen that you know we we equalised and it was Paul McGinn as well. I thought Christ, <laughs> in the right eh? <clears throat> but to come back to an, an earlier. Point you talked about. See that Joe Newell miss. Mm. How he's missed that is unbelievable. And see he if missed. that's Nisbet. There's an absolute uproar and the abuse that he would get. Or if James Scott had missed that, you'd never hear the end of it. There's. I think I might be right in thinking that Joe Newell missed a similar one against Celtic earlier in the season at Easter Road as well. Yeah, or was that, he did. Or, aye, Nisbet missed one as aye, well. Nisbet. And like. You're right, though. I think if it was a different player that maybe fans do get on the back of pretty mm-hmm. easily, then it's another... Aye, you're right, you're right. Um, but so- I, I, um, just in terms of that goal, I think it was, like you said, like bringing Jasper on was a good decision. I think it was very direct. I mean, it's amazing what happens when you're direct and you actually run at people rather than trying to pass them to death and pass the ball into the net. Um, but I think at the same time, um, it was a well-taken goal mm. and I think it just goes to show again why is Jasper not playing? Why, why, why? Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, if he can do stuff like that, I know I know he's only 19, he's a bit hot and cold at times, but Ken, he's a better option than what we've got sitting there. Aye, definitely. Um, so I'll just quickly get your 
both your players of the match, and then we'll we'll move on to the to the other Aberdeen game. So, Jack, <coughs> who 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 was your player of the match? That's, that's a, it's a hard one. I, I'm go, I've got to um, stick with the official vote and say Porto because he did put in an amazing shift um, throughout the game. Lads are our best defender. It's as simple as that. And yeah. for my money, he should be in the running for the captaincy. That, that, that's it. You know, it's between yeah. him and Louis Stevenson for me um, for the captaincy. So yeah, Port just gets my man of the match. And Calvin for you. Oh, I always didn't watch the full game. I only seen I only seen wee glimpses yet, so I couldn't really say. I I think um I think Matt Macy was mine. I think he um whoa 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 whoa, whoa back up here. Charlie I, end, 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 end the podcast. End <laughs> no, the podcast. I, I think Matt Macy was like was doing the basics, right? He was collecting the balls, he was releasing them quicker than he has been. And that's because he can he's getting punted to an English club. Well, he's maybe trying to put himself in the shot window, but I, I thought he played really well on Saturday, which is a which is a rare occurrence this season for him anyway. He'd be so, more useful standard than the famous five shot Wendy. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's, he wouldn't be fitting there. Come on now, Calvin. Anyway, Is we'll that move... a bad joke or a high joke? It's a high joke. We'll move I know. on. I'm joking, mate. I'll, I'll, keep, this, I'll keep this order, order, order. I'll keep it in order before it runs off into us being cancelled again. Um, <laughs> so we'll move on to the, the positive result or more positive result this weekend. Uh, Hibs women were in action. Jack, for the last time at Ammonville this season? Yeah, it's the last time at Spaghetti had this season. Last, last time at home this season, and they were playing Aberdeen. That's pretty common this season that we're playing the same team, men and women, in the same fixture week. So um, I'll run quickly run through the team, um, and I'll run through the subs as well, because there was a few on the subs bench that were maybe a shock to, to us when we were talking about it. So uh, Engel, we had Gabby, English, and then... I didn't know what formation we played, so I'm just going to run through it. So we had Shannon Leishman, Leah Eddy, Joelle Murray, Jenna Penman, Ellis Notley, Shannon McGregor, Colette Kavanagh, Mickey McAloney, Amy Gallagher, and Ailey Adams. So obviously you're notable people on the subs bench, or I'll go through the subs. So we had Emily March, Amy Muir, Siobhan Hunter, Alexa Coyle, Rosie Livingston, and Kirsty Morrison. That's a decent six-a-side team. But Jack and Calvin, Calvin, I'll come to you first. What was your thoughts when you seen players like Siobhan and Alexa on the bench? Um, I wasn't too fussy because I've seen them missed out a few times this year. Like it's not like it's a complete and utter shock. I mean, mm. I think the league's pretty much done, and they are what they're going to end up where they're going to end up in fourth place. So mm. I think it's probably the right time to you know give some other people a shot in that, and we know what those um those two players can do already. So I, I wasn't too fussy about it to be honest with you. <clears throat> I was yeah. quite fine with it. And Jack, we spoke in the group chat about Alexa potentially being like a impact sub. So is that was that a shock that you seen her on the bench? No, because I think I I, I could uh, I knew what Dean was doing. I could see what Dean was doing, which was you know we know Aberdeen are a difficult team to play. Mm. So you have that in your locker that if we're maybe struggling, you've got Alexa there that you can bring her on, and you know we can go more attacking. In terms of starting eleven, I was really really happy. It was a really strong team. It's great to see Jenna um, getting a shot, you know, of course, against her old side. Yep. Um, but also because I know that's the sort of game that suits Jenna, a very physical game against a team that, you know, are going to cause us a lot of problems. And Jenna's your sort of no-nonsense defender. She's just going to get battered in there and um, cause them problems. So, yep. yeah, I was very, very happy with the team. I thought it was a really strong lineup, and it was good to see Ailey back as well. Um, obviously, Shiv was on the bench because she picked up a knock against uh, Hamilton. So I, I think Shiv was there just to make up the numbers, really, because she looked 
uncomfortable when she was walking about. Yeah. So I think that might be her season done. But uh, yeah, a, a really strong bench as well. Because yeah. Ailey, I think we missed Ailey against Hamilton mm. um, for me. So it was great to see Ailey back starting as well after the wee knock she picked up against Partick. Yeah, I was I was happy with the team too. I think it's good to have those options on the bench. Um, bench looks strong. Um, and it was nice to see like Amy Muir back and about the squad as well. Um, so, Jack, you've sent in some talking points. So I'm just going to read them out and then we'll get our overall thought after, after I finish that. So I'll just sum the game up based on what you said. So... First half, uh, you said Ailey, Ailey took the first goal really well. Um, superb, picks the ball up out wide, goes against their own defender, cuts inside and calmly finishes, so that's 1-0 Hibs. Aberdeen equalise. Um, it's a frustrating one, and it comes from our biggest issue this season, misplaced passing. Very very common, we've seen that. Um, then Jenna tries her best to get across it, but it's too late. Too many players out of position. This is still Aberdeen's equaliser. Then Hibs got a disallowed goal. Mickey had it over the line, but lines with flags and it isn't given. Ailey's second goal to make it 2-1 comes from a well-delivered corner. Great powerful header from her as well. Um, so 2-1 at halftime. Uh, decent decent performance so far, Jack, based on what you said in the video. And you made that 2-1 hip stroke, which never gets old. Um, <laughs> so then we go into the second half. We come out, we dominate. We've got good amounts of energy and intensity. And were had Aberdeen and Knotts running rings around them and great amount of pressure every time we lost the ball, fought nail and tooth to win it back. The third goal comes from Shannon McGregor's pressure. Dangerous ball was then turned in by an Aberdeen player and then we wrap up with a fourth from Mickey. Great long ball from Leah. She's one-on-one with the keeper and Cam as you like finish. So overall, a fantastic performance. And uh, like you said, Calvin, I think that's winning... Winning that's probably cemented fourth for us, I would say. That is it, yeah, mathematically uh, impossible for Aberdeen to catch us now. And to be best of the rest with the you know the four Glasgow, the, sorry, the four Glasgow teams, the three Glasgow teams, four if you include Hamilton, five if you include Motherwell. So the three Six main if you include Partick. <laughs> the three main Glasgow teams like that. I think, think that we're the best semi <clears throat> pro team in the league. So I, I mean, you have we have to finish fourth, like. But uh, Calvin, what we you think you were going to say something there, mate? I was just going to make a hence how Simmerin are an Edinburgh team, but it's not that funny. <laughs> Aye. Um, but, Jack, we'll get on. Up <clears> until <throat> now, obviously finishing fourth a season, good or bad? I'll take it. You know, I think the thing is, what you've got to realise is Rangers and Celtic have pumped a lot of money mm. into their teams. You've just seen, obviously, Rangers have won the league. It's the first time in 15 years a team that isn't Glasgow City have won the league. Yep. Celtic have invested all. I think Celtic, it's in the ballpark of about two and a half million they've invested. Rangers, it's about three million. So they've invested a lot of money in uh, um, the teams. So you expect them to be where they are. Yeah. I mean, Celtic, I, I think Celtic, if you compare us and Celtic, Celtic have had a more disappointing season than us and they've won a trophy because yeah. the league, the league, Celtic haven't been in and about the league, the, the, the title race at all, which yeah. is what they were expected to do. So I think. To be honest, it's, a, it's with what we've got and the resources we have, mm. it's been a good season for me. You know, yeah. we've come fourth, best of the rest. It's like coming third in the men's league, which is the best you can ask for, for mm. Hibs men, really. So I definitely think this season's been a good one for us. And that performance just sums up what we can do when we're at our best, I think. And next season's going to be really exciting. We've got players nailed down to um, new contracts. and We've got Crystal and Liana coming over as well. Yeah. Hopefully a few more bodies coming in through the door. So 
I think next season we're going to be up there challenging, I think maybe trying to usurp Celtic into third, or even Glasgow City might end up down there because I think their time's done, mm. to be honest. Um, so I don't think it's been a good season for us. And I think that result, it was brilliant because Aberdeen aren't an easy team to play. Yeah. You know, we've, it's been really tight games every time we've played them. So to come out and put in a performance like that and blow them away the way we did, it's amazing. And I think it proves what the girls are capable of. And I've said it before, strong foundations. We've got strong foundations for next season. So it's like I'm saying to any, I'm saying this to everybody, whether you follow the team, women's team now or you're thinking about following the women's team and you didn't follow the women's team, there's exciting times ahead next season. I've got to put my... Um, nail my colours to the mast and say the women's season next season will probably be excite- more exciting than the men's to be honest I think the women will achieve more next season Aye definitely well before we move into the quiz um, obviously Hibs men are away to Dundee tomorrow and then Hibs women are playing Hamilton on Wednesday so we'll quickly get score predictions for them before we move into the quiz so Calvin I'll come to you um, I'm making the trip to Dens Park tomorrow I'm a glutton for punishment I really am but um What's your score prediction for tomorrow night at Dundee? You're on mute, mate. Oh, that helps. Um, <clears throat> no, no. No, no. Um, no, no, I don't. No, no. That's fair. Uh, Jack? It's, I'm going to say no, no as well. I, I, I can't see the us or them scoring a goal. <clears throat> I think it'll be 1-0, I think, it'll be one, no, Hibs. I think we'll scrape it. Um, so, Who, who's your scorer? Charlie Adam on goal, mate. <laughs> I can't oh, by see- the way, I've got to sorry to derail things, but yeah, but he didn't ask me for the women's player of the match. I'm gonna say Jenna Penman because uh, she put in a solid shift. So there you go. There's just that random aside there. Sorry. Thank you. I, I I skipped ahead and by accident. Um so no 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 and one no. Um so we move to the women's game on Wednesday. Jack, score prediction, mate, against Hamilton. I'm going to say 2 0 Hibs. Um, and my goal scorers are going to be Ailey and Shannon McGregor. Calvin? Uh, 1 0 Hibs. And your scorer? Um, scorer. Um, Notley. Ellis Notley to rock up where we go. <clears throat> yeah. I think so, yeah. He's got a few this season, to be fair. It's not bad for a I've just shown you how versatile I'm, and I can I can I can all <laughs> players, eh? I'm going to go... No bad for a plastic. I'm going to go 2-1 Hibs, I think, Ailey Adams to score twice uh, to continue our good run of form. So that brings us to the quiz. Um, we're cheapskates, so we've got a 40-minute time limit on this, so we've got... Uh, <coughs> this needs to be a quick quiz. Um, I like the name that listens to our push for me in the 40 minutes. <laughs> so anyway, that's it for my dad. <laughs> usual, usual, usual scenario here. Three on the men, three on the women. So, Jack, come to you first. Russell Latipi played 98 games for Hibs. How many goals did he score? A9, B19, or C29? I'm, I'm going to go straight in the middle and say, I know that's probably being a bit over optimistic, but I'm just going straight to the middle. B. Calvin? Uh, read them again. It was 9, 19, or 29. Yep. Um, You've not got time to guess. You're, it's lightning round. <laughs> right, 29, 29, 29. Uh, it's 1-0 to Calvin. 29 right. goals, which is decent for a second. <clears throat> See, you shouldn't have pushed me because I'm going to go down the middle, Jackie. Right, number two, including Utilita, how many kit sponsors have Hibs <clears throat> had? Calvin? Uh, what's that? Oh, Christ. Um, 
since I've been alive, uh, I've not got a lot of time. I'll just say, how much time have I got? Uh, when does well, this Zoom call finish? And we can come back if it runs out. <laughs> right. Well, I'm just thinking. Um, I'll say. I'll say fifteen. And Jack. Right. Christ knows. Uh, I'm going to go for ten. And Calvin takes a two and I'll lead. It's fifteen. Oh, is, is it? <laughs> is it really fifteen? Fifteen now. Oh wow, that's a right. big. That's a guess and a half, man. Next one in the hip shop at this present time. How many retro kits are on sale, Jack? It's um, it's four, isn't it? And Calvin, I was going to say, well, they've had that buck the one Jack bought a while ago. Mm-hmm. Is that counting? Yes. So that'll count. They did have the 07 classic shirt. They had the 91, 92 one as well that I actually bought for the shop. Uh, they had the 07 classic one, but I don't know if you're counting those two. I can the, the, the sort of the purple and green stripe one is there as well. And then they brought, I seen it this morning. I'm going to say, I'm going to say five. It's four and Jack brings it back to two one. <clears throat> right. So our Zoom, our Zoom meeting ran out because I'm cheap and I didn't pay for it. Um, anymore. So it's two one. Um, I'll just run through the the tops we've got. So we've got the nineteen seventy nine Bukta, nineteen eighty five Insave, nineteen eighty Umbro, and nineteen ninety four Calor, which they are the the two last two of the newer ones. So it's two one to Calvin after the mains. So we'll move on to the women's ones, and um, these are pretty difficult. So good luck. Um, number four, according to the Hibs official website, how many registered midfielders do Hibs women have? in the first team Calvin I'll come to you first because I went to Jack first last time six and Jack yeah, can I count these in a, I'm, I'm on my fingers don't worry <laughs> got Mickey Rhea Shannon Rosie's registered as a midfielder I'm trying to else that, that uh, Rachel Boyle still registered as a player She's a midfielder. And there's one more, so I'm going to go and say six. You're wrong. It's actually seven. So let me run through them. You've got Rosie Livingston. Yeah. Mickey McAloney. Yeah. Rhea McCaffrey. Yeah. Colette Kavanagh. Oh, Kavanagh, I just... Oh, of course. I... Shannon McGregor. Right. Rachel Boyle. Any, uh, guesses, any guesses who the seventh is? Uh, is it... Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Who did you say, Jack? Amy Gallagher. No, no she's re- he registered as a forward. Yep. Hey, Calvin, hey. any guess? Um, I, 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 I would, I would maybe say Kirsty Morrison. No, forward. It's actually someone who's out on loan, but is registered as part of the first team. It's uh, Lucy Ronald. She's a midfielder as well. Oh, I thought it was just current. current <laughs> no, no, no. I... <laughs> so technically, I was right, but Aye, and so was I. Aye. So anyway, moving on. You're both Names wrong. The rules, though. How many goals have Hibs women scored this season? Jack, coming to you first. They had, you've got three options here: thirty-two, okay. forty-two, or fifty-two. Right, I'm going to go st- shoot straight to the middle again for because I don't think we've scored as many as fifty-two because <laughs> some of our wins have been quite tight this season. So is it, this is in the league, I assume. In the league. Okay, right. right in the league. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's, I'm going to go B. Name of them again. 32, 42, 52. In the league. 
I'll, I'll say 52, but I think I'm wrong. I think it's 42, but they will be they will just say the same as him because it's boring. It's 42, so Jack brings it back to two all. It's all to play for with this last one. Then up step, Paul Hadland. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Last question. The Scotsman newspaper released a list earlier in the season of 20 of the best young women's players in the country. How many Hibs players made the list? And Calvin, I'll come to you first. Well, the first problem I've encountered is all the girls in the team are pretty young, to be fair. <laughs> so, I'm already, I'm already stumped because I don't think any of them were over 25, hardly any of them were over 25. So, best young players, oh God, who you got? I didn't can't hold, I didn't can't hold any of them up. I, I, I can, I can, the women's team tend to be quite young. I will go, how many folk were on the list? You can, no? 20. So the, there was a list of the twenty. Best I would say, I would say, I would say, three, three, and Jack. You know what? I, I'm pretty sure Ailey Adams was the only one from us that made it onto that list. I'm going to go and say one. Can reveal that Jack has came from two 0 down to win three two. You're right, Jack. It's Ailey Adams, the only player on the list, which is a which is a strange one because we've got a few good young players that never made the list. Right, before this turns into a Celtic symphony, uh, they need to get personal, mate. I know. Um, that brings us to it's the, the first time I've won one with, with through, um, on dubious means. So, I that brings I'm us to the, underhand tactics this time. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, we've got another episode on Wednesday, which is a date earlier than normal. Um, but we're not going to be reviewing the Dundee game because, quite frankly, it's going to be the most boring game of football we've seen this season. Um, but we'll be we'll be joined on Wednesday night by finance director of Hibs, Chris Gaunt, um, who's going to come and talk to us about some of the new initiatives at the club and also have a bit of breaking news around Hibs as well. So we're looking forward to that. Um, and until next time, come on the Hibs. Hey,